Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. I'm Jonah Hart. And uh, we had some pretty big pedal releases last week, including an entire series that had been previously leaked yes. by some real jerk face on Reddit. <laughs> yes, I, myself. yes, that 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 was uh, pretty eventful that day on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, so maybe we should start with the Walrus. Is it Fundamental series? Yes. It's the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The fundamentals. Callan Bread has their CB series. JHS has their series three. And now apparently Walrus has their fundamentals, which is a slew of uh, sub $130 pedals, which someone on the gear page was bitching about being too expensive, to which I say, for the record, $130 today is about $85 in 2005. So keep that in mind. I mean, at least with the fundamental, it's like they're like a hundred bucks. Some of them are a hundred bucks. Some of them are hundred and thirty. I think those all fall well within the range of affordable, especially an American-owned company. Of course, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would see as far as like a lot of the times, like boutique or like big brands and stuff like that. We're not even talking about like the Amazon like side of things, but not the I, Amazon I, Basics or Dual yeah, or, we're not we're not on that. Yeah, not no. on that kind Moore of spectrum. Donner. <laughs> yeah, those ones. Um, normally, like, I'll see, again, like, 179 um, and above is pretty much a lot of the times where I'll see effects pedals. And to get some in the 100 and 130 kind of price point, I mean, that's kind of below a lot of stuff right now. That's well below average. Just, I mean, I think, if I remember correctly, the dirt pedals are cheaper um, I didn't. I, I'll be honest. I didn't listen to a single demo. I don't really care about the Walrus Fundamental series. I'm not a big Walrus fan. Um, yeah, that's yeah. That kind of uh, is beyond the. Let's call it the general pay grade of the show, <laughs> and something I usually only talk about in person with people who I don't think are gonna blabber <laughs> about it. But nothing. Nothing really bad. If you're listening and you like Walrus pedals, don't stop liking them because I said that. But no. I personally don't really care um, that much about them. I'm and I'm really mad that someone on the gear page made me defend the price point. Oh, I, yeah, that's. Is <laughs> uh, someone ever like? Is someone ever just so wrong you have to defend something you dislike a lot? Because that's oh, no. that's how I felt like talking to somebody about like I'm sorry, my dude. $100 is for a pedal. That's so cheap. And I was trying to like explain this person like, yeah. I don't think Boss pedals were $85 when I started playing. And that's about what $129 can buy you today back in 2005. Yeah. Like, I think the only thing that was around then that you could buy easily domestically in guitar shops new mm. might have been the Dan Electro Lunchbox series. Yeah, and I when I I bought those at a guitar, some random instrument store going at a sale auction for like 50 oh Please take them, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, even like boss pedals, when I think about it, like, you know, 129, like, yeah, I've seen them at 129. I've seen them at 159. Used. I've even seen some of them. Yeah, I've even seen them like 200, 250. So yeah, boss is not, you know, again, in that kind of category of being, um, you know, below 100 really like new. Um, I watched no. some of the, yeah, I watched, uh, a couple of the demos. I did the really, uh, was it Mark Johnston 
one I watched. And oh yeah, that, those are always like a director's cut. And and, and I always make God the bless joke, you, Mark. <laughs> yes, I always make the joke when I make those really long demos of mine. I'm almost like I'm coming for you, Mark. <laughs> like I'm going for uh, the hour. <laughs> that's just not a lot of money like for pedals <laughs> to get something that's not again a lot of these like budget pedals they're all the same inside they just have a different housing i forget exactly what that's called i want to say oem i'm not entirely <laughs> sure that's right factory specs <laughs> but basically it's like there's this company CNZ and they sell like a ton of shit. It's all like someone else makes it. They put their brand on it. Yeah, I get you. Um, yeah. As far as like the ones that I'm seeing. Yeah, the drives, the fuzz, that kind of stuff. Distortion. That's the $100. Um, but the other ones are more the modulation. The other ones that are the 129. And yeah, I get it. Um, when yeah. listening to it, the phaser does something really cool. It kind of can sound like a, a vibrato. Um, at uh, some of the, I don't remember if it was medium or heavy. I think it was probably heavy um, that I listened to it. Um, and I'm not really even a phaser person, but I was like, oh, that that was unique. Um, the real pedal out of the series that shines above them all, and I'm even I can't actually believe that. I when I was watching it, I was like, I can't believe I'm saying this. The delay pedal for the I cost was, it is, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking that too, even not having this <laughs> them because I because it has reverse. Yes, the reverse is great, and for me, I know you like oscillation, but I don't. They don't oscillate, so you go to and it just repeats it over and over again without the volume swell. And I was like, oh, I love that. Like oh. I wouldn't have to deal with my ears bleeding. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does a reverse. It does digital. It does analog. Um, it really actually sounds really good. And I was just like, eh, maybe if I okay. ever commit sin of owning like a walrus pedal, <laughs> uh, maybe Oh, use. it's not a sin. <laughs> I mean, I, I still have the Juliana in a box somewhere. Yeah. Just say. <laughs> so Listen, somewhere stop. back there. <laughs> uh, just stop naming your pedals after women yeah, and then yeah, not yeah. using them in like marketing or like leadership. That's just, that's my thing. That, that That's really like, the crux of the it. The kidnapping thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, so I'm, I don't, for those who don't know, Walrus released the Juliana, which is basically the stereo version of their really highly mm. acclaimed and honestly very good Julia Chorus pedal. Um, their entire ad for it that they made, which they make the worst ads for them. So there's yes. always something wrong with them, something problematic. But uh, it was based upon the whole missing women trope. Mm. And I, I feel like there was some vague, like native, indigenous kind of vibe with it. Too. Vibe I don't remember too, great. Yeah. At mm. the time this ad came out, a good friend of mine's best friend had gone missing, and I was very fucking pissed about it. Like that was like really hard. That was really hard to know that my friend has lost someone very dear to her. Someone like this is someone that's like one of my best friends and one of her yeah. best friends is literally a missing person. Also. Women go missing more than, yes. you know, they should. And indigenous women especially. There's a whole, like, it's, 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 I, I think, like, I took what would have been my demo fee and just do donated to Murdered and Missing Indigenous Women, which I highly recommend you as an organ, like, as an organization people donate to. Yeah. Indigenous women go missing at a uh, clip that it should, is higher than it should be. Like, per capita kind of shit. Mm. Yeah. 
um that's that's political as i'm gonna get in this episode but yeah i, I, like did, I, I did not like that ad i did not like no. the one they did for christmas later that year uh yeah like whoever's in the marketing room like Talk that guy out. Yeah, me. like, yeah, exactly. Get someone that's actually going to be in there, uh, a woman or anybody that obviously is representative yeah. of different genders and everything. That would be great. <laughs> and like women love true crime. This is very true. But of course, I, I think that we have an interesting way that we most like adjusted women are not. OK, how do I put this? I don't know. It's almost like I would watch Unsolved Mysteries to learn like. Maybe what should I do if I was involved in these situation? Scenarios? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just there's nothing fun. There's nothing funny about missing women. So someone's sister's gone missing, I think was the idea. Because Julia's sister, Juliana, had gone missing or some shit. Yeah. Not funny. Not yeah. cute. Uh, extremely offensive. And um, just fucking why? I, I'm I'm going to say the F word a lot more in this <laughs> In this episode, why the sorry? Fuck? Yeah, why? Uh, but yeah, I I had a similar feel. I didn't actually like the ad, and then of course the following one, you know, uh, they just haven't been on a good streak um, with their ads. So at this point, yeah. I've kind of avoid. Like, I don't police anyone for like what they have on their board. I don't, you know, um, I just don't put my money towards things. I was like, okay, this this builder or this person is problematic. All right, my money ain't going that way. That's it. Yeah, I'm never going to judge someone for having a walrus pedal no. <laughs> or anything like that. Like, that's cool. I have tons of friends like effects, who love walrus. So, yeah. And I have friends who do the demos for walrus. Like, yeah. it just, um, and they're not even the one brand that I do not want people to talk about in their Discord. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> if you subscribe at, to our Patreon at $5 or a month, patreon.com slash get offset, you get access to our exclusive Discord server. There's only one brand I would rather people not talk about, <laughs> and I don't talk about it unless they bring it up, in which case I might be like, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> other than that it's a very friendly place and um we've oh it's a lot great. of people i've yeah i've known people for years and i've even uh what do you call it i think one of the some of the pedals that i've even been able to try out you know i've borrowed we've traded borrowed like pedals back and forth to kind of try things so yeah really great people lovely atmosphere mm -hmm. shoot the yeah. shit about star wars and other things too <laughs> see i i avoid the star wars conversation. yeah i know you're not the star wars but we have the past couple of days <laughs> well the thing is i like star wars yeah but like i star wars is one of those things where like the the median of like is a lot higher than my like yeah where you're it. resting at yeah yeah oh, wait, so it's like about? here's like the biggest star wars fan in the world <laughs> Here's someone who's literally never seen it or actively dislikes it. Mm -hmm. See, I feel like I'm in the middle. Okay. But with all the stuff that's come out lately, it just kind of pushes me farther down, down <laughs> in the median without affecting my like of it. So mm -hmm. it's just like I get pushed farther down because of like the high – there's so many big consumers of it. Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. yeah. At, at this, I mean, I was introduced into it, of course, because, you know, my dad likes Star Wars and it was a rite of passage kind of thing. So <laughs> I was inducted early into it and I've liked some of the yeah. shows and the stuff, but we we don't talk about one, two, three. <laughs> one and two are the worst. <laughs> three, I re on rewatching them, one, two, irredeemable. Three, yeah. eh, fine. Okay, okay. Fine. 
I'd, I'd still put the sequels above the prequels. Yeah. I, I, I think also I'm in one of the camps that um, I like the Ewok movie. <laughs> I like the Ewoks. Well, exactly. you know, I, I had to say it. We're girls. I know. They're, they're cute little teddy bears, essentially. You know what? They're, yeah. they're cute little teddy bears who are also very murderous. <laughs> yes. People forget that. Yes. Like, oh, you just like you just like the cute. cute no, they were like, like they were violent. The ones, the ones that were going to eat you as a stew. Yes. <laughs> Whatever, man. Uh, I watched season one of The Mandalorian and I stopped. I like. Oh, I like it. Was it fine. Yeah. No, it was fine, but it was um the man. This is we're getting farther away from it. No, the Mandalorian was a western, mm-hmm. and I, think I do it, yeah. like. I do like westerns, and I just, but I just couldn't watch. I couldn't keep watching it. We also got rid of Disney Plus. Okay, so that so, yeah, uh, makes sense. I love Amy Sedaris, and I love that she's in The Mandalorian sometimes. Yes, Amy Sedaris. If you haven't seen At Home with Amy Sedaris or read her cookbooks, imagine Martha Stewart just on a shit ton of acid. <laughs> Instead of pot. Amazing. <laughs> That's Amy Sedaris. I bought Amy Sedaris's cookbook. Yeah. And more than once I've made a recipe out of that that called for an ingredient that just was not used. <laughs> the oh my recipe. God. I highly recommend Amy Sedaris's cookbook. And yes, she is related to David Sedaris. And if you've seen Strangers with Candy, yeah, please okay. comment in the comment section yes, of this video with, candy, with your yes. favorite Strangers with Candy <laughs> quote. Mine is maybe I'm not pushing you away. I'm pulling me towards myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the walrus petals, the fundamental series. My one thing with the design of it Mm. is the essentially horizontal slider. Yeah. um, And I also, yeah, I also watched Ryan's from 60 cycle as well. But yeah, if he didn't, if they didn't have that little stick in the middle, that you would hit going back and forth. I mean, it'd be a little bit easier of a transition through, like, obviously, as you play, you can hear things differently sliding straight through. But I feel like they should have maybe been less kind of loose so that, you know, they can be probably bumped easy or maybe a locking, like, you know, way the tone locks of, like, I've been as you can push the button, you know, obviously the knob into it so you can't hit it. I mean, I just kind of see these as an instance where, like, yeah, you may shove something off. I mean, but you know, people kind of figure this out and what works for them. The only thing I would say design-wise I like about the pedals is the typography. Like just the text and that kind of gra- again, the graphics like that. Such a designer. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I was like, okay, the rest of it, whatever, but but the typography. <laughs> I'm, Listen, okay I'm not that. gonna bitch about sliders completely, faders, no. because I, I have Set the BL series. From uh, Old Blood Noise and Deverson, we'll call it. Yes, that is the thing. This at an angle. So we think about faders. Faders in general, yeah, you got the 44, I got the 82. Um, They have a propensity to fail. And they are more fragile than potentiometers. And I think that the people who would use a fundamental series walrus pedal on stage are probably mm. not playing on necessarily the nicest stages. They also are very small, and though I have not held one in my hands, look particularly fragile. Um, even this walrus one, like, listen, Mackie, based out of Seattle, I've worked with Mackie, they're fucking great. Yeah. 
and everyone learns on the Mackie because you cannot break that shit. You cannot break a Mackie. You can spill a beer and a half on a Mackie mixer and it's fine because they take that into consideration. Yeah. So they have these mixers that have faders, obviously, and they are made to basically you cannot get the liquid into them. Even this old blood noise one, you spill something on that, it's going directly into the pedal. Oh, yeah. I cannot imagine the $100 to $130 Walrus pedals are any different. Oh, I cannot yeah. imagine they have any sort of rubber, mm, rubberized, very well yeah, sealed anything so, yeah. that would reject the water. That is not the only thing. That they are horizontal means if you hit it, you are p- applying a lot of pressure against the fader in the direction the fader doesn't go. And that can mm. cause a failure, a catastrophic failure that basically makes that element of the pedal unusable. That worries me. They are vertical on the Automaton series for a reason. Oh, yeah. They are, they are vertical on a mixing board for a reason. They are, they are, they are like angled at a, like, let's call it a 30 degree angle, 25, 30 degree angle on this. Because then if you hit it, it has give in the direction that's supposed to go. Yeah. And, and even again, hit- yeah, just even feeling this one. I mean, again, it doesn't feel like it slides very easily. So, yeah, I mean, you could tip it slightly, but it's at an angle. I mean, I don't think you're going to send it too far, depending on and how you not- tap it. And it's not even the fucking up the settings for me. It is the catastrophic failure yes. of breaking off the fader itself or getting liquid inside. And that still worries me about these. <laughs> to be honest, yes. that's the only thing. Like, listen, I love this. I think oh, it's yeah. a very. This I know. I, I keep hearing how you love that one. Yeah, I gotta get that yeah. one for sure. Joan has the BL44. Yep. This is the one I demoed. I knew she'd use I it more this. than I did. Yes. I knew yes. You would. I have um, it on my board most of the time. The only reason why it's off right now because I've been playing with the Therme recently from Chase Plus Audio. But a couple of days ago, yeah, this the BL44 was on it. I love that thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually really love this pedal. So I think we can probably pivot to that because it's two pedals with faders that were essentially mm-hmm. released the same day. This yeah. is the same layout as the BL44, which is a re- was a reverse pedal and is. Mm. Um, but the 82 is a chorus, but it also gets flanger sounds. It gets revert. I mean, sorry, it gets pitch delay sounds, and one half of it's going up, and the other half is going yeah, down. Yeah, modulated delay. Like it's it does so many things. That's what I love about their pedals like for what the price point you're getting they do so much it does so much this is oh gosh i want to say 180 dollars <laughs> but i'll go to the website yeah you can look, look it up but yeah at least from what i watched it was like modulated delay you can get um even flanger the feedback setting which typically you know you don't kind of see typically on flangers i remember i think but yeah i mean it's not typical that you're or chorus i'm trying to remember but yeah it's it's basically it's chorus, kind of, yeah. chorus yeah chorus yeah i was trying to remember but it's 180 yeah. bucks okay yeah and 170 so you think about yeah. it's barely more expensive than the walrus fundamentals <laughs> yeah and the thing with keeping yeah. it the 179 or 180 i remember cuz i asked cuz originally when the bo44 came out uh, a few of us were just like oh with the reverse you know on it we wish you put expression in it because we would love to obviously play with that that way. And he's like, yeah, but if we did that, uh, it, it would be more expensive and we wanted to keep costs down. So I was like, okay, fair. I get it. Yeah, I totally understand uh, that. 
everything that people say, I wish this pedal had stereo, which is how. Oh, uh, yes. And that's, that's more expensive, not necessarily just in the parts department, but for the yeah. R&D. And people don't really take and that those. into account as far as like literally any product ever made goes. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're literally not just paying for parts. You're paying for the research, the development, mm-hmm. uh, someone putting it together. That's more complicated when you add those extra elements. Um, and that's why a lot of these series, like I think Cal and Brett originally called their series of affordable pedals, the element series. They changed it to CB. Uh, I don't know why I have assumptions. I won't say out loud because I don't know. Um, but yeah, like Walrus fundamental JHS three. I I don't know why it's called that. Is it three knobs? I don't know. Who cares? They're cheap. People like them a lot. Who cares? Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> i don't um but the only other thing that i want to talk about with that uh walrus was um the leak yes that so was eventful yes yeah someone posted on reddit i ordered a pedal board and i ended up getting a fully built out board with i think six to seven of the fundamental series pedals and the amp sem from the Mako series, Mako, Mako, I don't care. Um, and they 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 just said it was a retailer. Um, seeing as how Colt from Walrus played that literally exact same board in a Sweetwater video, Ooh. I'm gonna make the assumption that this was actually an, a leak leak and not an um, a marketing stunt because people were saying that. Yeah, there were some people that were kind of like, oh, you know, maybe because they've kind of done like leaky kind of things before marketing wise in the past, some people were saying. But with this one, yeah, I remember seeing like the thread, uh, the screen cap of that thread. And the person was uh, essentially kind of gloating in a way of like, yeah, I got sent this, but uh, and they asked me like for it back. But uh, (laughs) no, they're not getting it back. And I was like, yo. You're posting this on a public forum. You know lawyers can see this, right? <laughs> you know, the thing is, Joe, it's not it's illegal. It's not going to. Yeah, I know. It's, it's not, not illegal. <laughs> um, if somebody, and this because this has happened to me before, hmm. I've been sent the, once I was sent the wrong thing by a company, it was like a $20 thing. And they're like, oh, we'll send you the right thing if you, when you can send, just send the other thing to back. back. To which I said, uh, no. Because the law is, um, if someone sends you something by mistake, you are under no obligation to return it. And people will always say, like, oh, Amazon, they sent me the wrong thing and they said I could just keep it. I'm like, yeah, because legally they are obligated to. Um, So keep that in mind. So, that, yeah, was this person right that they did not have to send back that thing legally? Sure. Does, are they the asshole? You're the asshole. I'm sorry. You are the you are a huge asshole. To post it online. Like, yeah. Because not only did you keep it. Not only did you keep this $1,000 thing, you posted it in a public forum for Reddit karma. How pathetic. No, how much goes into releases, all the prep, all it takes months to line up things like that. And like you take the winds out of the sails of that, of like leaking something ahead of time like that. It just kind of like, okay, now we have to, as a company, you know, maneuver like and move everything around. Like, yeah, it's there's demo artists, there's a whole bunch of things that are a part of releases. It's not just, oh, it's the day where all the things are posted. Like, no, there's a lot behind all that. 
And you might have gotten somebody fired. Yes. You might have gotten somebody fired by putting the label yeah. on the wrong box. How do you feel about that? Somebody lost somebody could have lost their livelihood because like listen, if you got it by mistake and you kept it, you they might have gotten like in trouble. But but making such a big mistake and having you be that person who leaks it, they yeah. might have gotten fired. Somebody in Fort, like maybe Fort Wayne or wherever the hell this product came from. And I'm not saying it's definitive, it was definitively no. sweet water, but there were like, there's maybe like five brands it could have been. So I'm just using them as yeah, a there was, filler. There was and someone really, saying maybe it was a demo artist. Like there was a lot of guesses. I don't going think it around. was. I don't think it was mm. a demo artist. It really did look like. Yeah. Like they might have been sending it around, but if even Ryan Burke was only getting three of the pedals, yeah, uh, maybe not a demo artist. So, like, I do have to say, like, I think that person deleted their thread. That was very yeah, uncool, did. uncool, because you didn't just leak one; you leaked a whole line. You did that because you wanted likes on Reddit, upvotes on Reddit, or something. What kind of currency is that? It's not transferable in any aspect of life. I think that I think about that a lot. I'm like when people like flex yeah. in weird ways. I'm like what's what's this currency actually? What is this? <laughs> I don't know. It's like sometimes like you'll see a guy being like a real dickhead at a bar, and you know that like him like being all like rah, 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 rah. it's his only currency. Yeah. And I remember remember once I was on a bus and there was a person who was very unwell on that bus. They mm. were cussing. They were saying extremely derogatory words. And the bus driver handled it like a champ. Like the bus driver, this person just like, I want to get off this bus. I want to get off this bus. And we were like on a local highway. Like we could not just stop Shit. him. But he, he stopped at a nonstop and just let them off basically as soon as he could safely do so. Yeah. And he said like, you know, I know that person said a lot of really disgusting things. They're unwell. That is their only currency. And that hit me really hard. I'm like, man, mm. I sent, I've like filled out the, the Metro bus where I'm like, I just want to applaud this driver for handling a really bad situation yeah. in the best, yeah. literal best possible way they could have. Mm. But, you know, um, yeah. So I'm just going to say if you accidentally get something that's not yours in the mail, is it your right to keep it? Probably. Um, should you post about it on the internet and potentially cost someone their job? No. No, not at all. Fuck no. Just keep, listen, keep when I yourself. get something I'm not supposed to have. <laughs> yes, I'd be quiet. <laughs> I, like, I, I remember getting a $200 check from, like, this was years ago, from yeah. insurance, from something they thought I paid out of pocket for, but that the place i was getting whatever i was getting from thought they were building the insurance i got like 150 bucks you think i told anybody no <laughs> i just kept my money i wasn't gonna let anybody get fired for that mistake mm -hmm. i knew if and i just like i didn't accidents mistakes happen yeah i mean yeah we're human it's like it's like if you get a bank transfer that's not meant for you Listen, you can contact the bank as much as you want trying to send it back. They're not going to respond until they realize that money has been sent to you and then they will take it back. So <laughs> don't spend it. Don't try. <laughs> don't cancel your account because they will find you. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, they have more resources than you do. 
Yeah, it'll be like a whole uh, uh, Liam Neeson, like, you know, taken. I, I, will, I will find you. <laughs> I will find. I have a very, I they have a very specific and special set of skills. Skills. <laughs> they will find you. This episode is brought to you by Moog Music. Moog instruments continue to inspire artists and listeners around the world. As music technology continues to evolve, the company and its employee owners carry on Bob Moog's devotion to creating innovative tools designed for the musician. Moog Music's latest venture is the reimagining of some of its most influential analog instruments of the past for today's production workflow. The Moografoger FX plugins are compatible uh, with all major DAWs across Windows and Mac OS, making the Moog sound more accessible than ever. I honestly use these plugins all the time, and I use the MF102 ring modulator in the background track you're hearing right now. The MF102 uh, pairs a wide range carrier oscillator with an LFO for effects from soft tremolo to far out clangorous ring modulation tones. This particular plugin made me realize I don't hate ring modulators, I just didn't know how to use them. And the presets that come with all of these plugins really helped me understand that. Learn more about the Moografoger effects plugins by clicking the link in the description. I have one for Sweetwater and the Moog website itself, uh, or by visiting software.moogmusic.com. That's software.moogmusic.com and links in the show notes or video description, depending on where you're listening. Thanks again to Moog. Thanks again to Moog for sponsoring this episode of the Get Offset Podcast. Please check out that plug-in suite in the uh, show notes or video description. <laughs> in the show notes or video description, I hit the table and everything <laughs> shook. Uh, I'll have a link to the Moog plugins, uh, both directly from Moog and from Sweetwater. So whichever you, one you prefer... Um, it would mean a lot to us if you check them out there, if you gave them some listens. Uh, I think they're great plugins. I, I actually use them when I am recording, um, including a song I did recently with a friend. I used um, yes. some of the chorus sounds uh, to, to get what I was going for. So, uh, yes, yes. Once again, thank you, Moog. You make great products and these plugins, they, they really do make those sounds more accessible to more people. Yeah. Because those Mografoger plugin, um, gosh, those <laughs> Mografoger pedals, uh, you know, they're not available. And pretty much as soon as they were unavailable, people started trying to sell them for like 500 bucks. Oh God. Oh, and yeah. That market value just going up there. <laughs> It sure does. So, uh, yeah. But um, what else did we have to talk about? I know there was another topic. Yeah, there was also, uh, apart from, you know, Earthquaker Devices with their Aurelius that came out as well, which was rather interesting. The other thing was, uh, was it uh, Mooney pretty much, uh, Fender? Andy. Yeah. Andy Mooney from Fender. Is he the CEO or the VP of marketing? I think CEO. I think CEO. We're going to fact check that. Yeah, just fact check that. <laughs> Andy Mooney. 
CEO, CEO yeah. offender. Mm-hmm. He was interviewed for Guitar World or Guitar.com, I forget. Guitar World, I think. And I also saw that he did a interview, I think, on CNBC. Yeah, so um, obviously Nam, if you're listening to this, starts in two days Thursday. Uh, if you listen to the day it comes out. So if you're if you are listening to this on the day it comes out, Joe and I will be meeting for the first time in person tomorrow. East meets West. <laughs> East meets West. Um, so we're going to Nam in Anaheim, as I've had to explain to a lot of people this week. The National Association of Music Merchants, not Viet. Um, yes, I went to a party on Friday and had to explain that one a lot because I was wearing a mask. I'm like, I'm not getting yeah. sick before this shit. Yeah. The uh, same thing for me. I've been wearing up until we go, you know, yeah. Arriving. <laughs> I, I was know. telling people I'm in a lot of money for this hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Can't. Yeah. I'm not Can't risking risk it. it. No. So, um, but as some of you may know, neither Fender nor Gibson have showcased at a NAM, be that nope. summer or be that I should say now at this point, Nashville nor Anaheim um, since the pandemic. And yeah. that used to be a big part of their marketing budget, um, but they haven't done it since. Gibson for Nashville, the first Nashville back. They had yeah. built their showroom, so it made a lot of sense for them to not be there. They were two blocks away yeah, and already. able to control the entire narrative of whatever the hell they were showing off. So I get that. Fender in L.A., probably similar vibe. But I don't know if PRS has showed at a NAM since. And other big th- brands aren't. Yeah, I don't think so um, that I can see. I think those two were pretty much the big two that were like, nah, you know, it's not with all like, uh, and that was what uh, Andy said in the interview, which was, you know, uh, the difference between Nam, you know, today and before, it's like this co- not cost effective because again, like you set up everything, you pay for the booth, all like the merchandise and everything. And he was Employees like, maybe to work it, yeah, all that, yeah. And he's and then like, you have I'm- to meet their deadline of when you want to showcase your stuff. Yeah, and he was like, I only got an hour to like out of the whole weekend to like connect or do any of the things that I wanted to do there and they were they're more efficient on you know online and ways much like that whole e3 instance has been canceled now that they have found other ways of now reaching and communicating with other brands and marketing and everything yeah so even before he did this interview andy mooney um before he did this interview e3 mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure that's mostly around video games yep mm-hmm. uh it was still set to be on yeah. It was a huge news story the other week when E3 was mm-hmm. canceled because Nintendo wasn't Sony. going to be there. Microsoft, yep. thus PlayStation, wasn't going to be there. Mm-mm. What do you have left after that as far as big brands that can bring in money and pay, would pay a lot of money to have like a, a whole yeah. fucking floor or something at, at, that, at that trade show? So, I mean, Nintendo has Nintendo Direct. Microsoft is such a big heavy hitter that they can yeah. do whatever do they whatever want. they want. They don't need to be. Yeah. <laughs> and if Fender wants to spend money, like during the pandemic, they hired not even hired. They sent shit to a lot of demo artists, uh, musicians. They did their own thing, yeah. and they found that to be significantly more effective. That being said, and again, I say something that could uh, interfere with me ever getting um, a product from Fender again. 
I'm pretty sure that there are guitar shops that have just stopped carrying Fender because of like QC issues and mm. fulfillment issues. And this is something I've heard from several, like, I mean, more than like one hand's worth of shops. Like, oh, we used to carry Fender. We either are not anymore or are considering dropping them because they can't keep up with demand because yeah, they send bad. stuff to us that is just not sellable as is. Oof. And yep. You know, so, I mean, it's kind of like, on one hand, they can do all their marketing, but they're not really connecting with merchants in the same way. But do they need to if they can sell direct? I don't think so. I don't, I don't know that. I don't. It's kind don't. of like, it reminds me of Prince in the 90s. Yeah. Prince was signed to Warner Brothers from the time he was 19 mm-hmm. until like 94, 95, when he no. basically made them drop him because they were trying to hold him trying to hold they they want him to edit himself more let's be completely honest yeah of course (laughs) you know could prince still make a fantastic living without a major label which is to be like can fender still make a great money without like being in random guitar shops yeah yeah they're not the ones who need it and prince admitted he's like he he said i'm going to paraphrase the younger artists see me doing this without like a label. They saw him doing it without a label and thought, oh, maybe I can do it. And he said, I think there's still a lot of benefits for younger artists coming up to work with a label. But basically, they shouldn't give up their masters. That was his argument. And I think there is still a lot of benefit for smaller builders who want that distribution. Hmm. To work essentially with distributors. <laughs> wow, what a what a concept. Um, but Fender, <laughs> they don't. Yeah, I mean, again, like as far as like needing it, not really. I mean, from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, they saw a thirty percent increase in sales. Um, now, what they were saying uh, as of this year, they have the American Vintage 2 has done extremely well. All the upper market guitars are doing well, but all the entry levels are down. So they, he said that pretty much they're at the point where their growth has slowed down and they're more stabilizing to look like numbers before the pandemic. I mean, I hate to say that kind of lines up with what people said around the time Fender laid off 300 people, but mm-hmm. it really does. Because at that time, there are some people who are like, it's bullshit that somebody would say that Fender's not selling these lower level models. A lot of people picked up hobbies during the pandemic. You know, and they were probably Mm. buying the lower level models. And I don't think you need five squires. Like, I see people who buy multiples of these really even more budget than squire brands yeah like huge fan bases around things like harley benton yes and harley benton makes mm-hmm. really good stuff but there are ones that are like sold predominantly on amazon that i think are mm-hmm. more like fair in quality they have huge followings but ah uh, i mean how many square guitars can you own yeah How many lower level fenders do you buy before you pony up for the mod shop, MV2, um, the professional series, and Pro 2s, even the Player Plus series? 
Yeah, even in my case, like I got a used St. Vincent as, you know, one of the electric guitars I was hopping into. And then from there, I was like, oh, I want another guitar. Yeah, I wanted an upgrade. I wanted something that was uh, a little bit more expensive, well-made, and uh, has a different sound and different than what I had had previously. And that meant I had to spend a little bit more. So yeah, the Ampro 2 was definitely a jump up from like a Sterling St. Vincent. And I think that's very common for, yeah. I think that's probably that's more I common. Too. I think, yeah. I think instead of buying multiple cheap guitars, people are more likely to maybe Sub, like subtract the old one from their collection the newer one and then upgrade uh i think most people don't own because because as as people who are um such big fans of instruments that hmm. you know you're listening to this podcast uh maybe you're like yeah absolutely i'd own 50 guitar pedals and five guitars. <laughs> i mean yeah sure yeah sure there's nothing wrong with that that's an no. excellent thing Space to saving. do i think if it makes listen i always say if it's financially responsible and this comes first, remember, yes. is it financially doable, responsible? That's the number one thing. Yes. And then two is, will it make you happy in some, yeah. some way? And I don't mean like giving you like this, like Zen quality, but like, do you <laughs> yeah. want it? Is it going to make you play guitar more if you get it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, I think the best advice I can give someone who's looking to buy a guitar is, especially a first one, especially yeah. a first one. Buy the guitar that you're going to look at, sit in the corner on a stand or on the wall on a rack and think, I want to play that right now. I want it in my hands. Buy that one every time, every time. Never settle. Never be like, I don't think this one's as cute or as attractive or this one doesn't feel as good, but it was more like Yeah, don't wish you watched that. Yeah, no. Buy the one that's going to light your fire. Otherwise, you're just never going to play it. It's the same with bicycles. Yeah. As another hobby I've had, buy the bike that you're going to look at and be like, I want to ride that. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. As far as like all the guitars that I've gotten, I mean, I am very picky and I don't, I can walk in stores and I can walk out. Like I can yeah. have nothing in my hands. So any of the time that I've bought guitars and I've actually ended up getting them, I've had dreams about having them and ends up, okay, if I dreamed about it, I don't, I normally don't dream because my mind is so vivid and really active. So like when I shut down and go to sleep, like it shuts off, like, it's like, okay, power down. (laughs) Um, So yeah, if I had a dream about it, it was like, okay, you know, like, I guess this is, this is something. And yeah, my Emperor too, like in the corner, anytime I walk by it, I, you know, I look at it, I love it. Um, Yeah. Like that's, that's a special guitar to me and that's a great feeling and i i love yeah. mine too i just i, I was playing so it the other day for the first time in a bit i i for me like i i do dream a lot <laughs> <laughs> i have i have i have dreams that are so heavy hmm. and one of the big reasons i consume cannabis before bed is it does suppress the dreams like my mind races at night and everything like i when i started taking like mm-hmm. Zoloft and anxiety meds. Yeah. I wouldn't have panic attacks in the daytime, but it, I would have them in my At dreams. Night when it, okay, yeah, that would be it subconsciously was not so. Yeah, bad. Um, but yeah, no, I I get that. For for me, I remember Rick and I were in Old Town Music in Portland, hmm. and I saw a tenor guitar, like an SG style tenor guitar by Eastwood, and I was really like 
so conflicted about it. I was like, <laughs> I don't think it's the best thing to do. I don't think I should. Yeah. I don't think I deserve it. And Rick said, I think it's going to haunt you if you don't buy it. <laughs> and yeah. th- for me, that's it. Like, am I like so conflicted about something because I want it really badly and yeah. I feel like some sort of like emotional, I don't know if I deserve this kind of thing. If, if I feel like I'm going to regret, like, yes. And this, it's like anything. You walk around with it in your hand in the store and you're like, am I really going to regret not buying this? And if the mm. answer is yes, like, listen, most music gear does a decent job retaining like 70% of its value. Yeah. It's not the biggest risk. It's not like buying a car on a whim. <laughs> no. Which is a bad idea. I've never done it. I've never bought a car on a whim. No, 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 no. So that's that's something that's always planned for. I didn't walk outside and suddenly there's a car with a bow on it. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Well, the thing is that does not ever happen. Truly no. doesn't. Those ads are simply like those Lexus ads about yeah. getting a Lexus for Christmas. Those are for people who already own Lexuses. Pretty much. There's 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 like someone who does those ads did, inter- did an interview and was like, we're yeah. not actually trying to sell Lexuses with, with those ads. We're just trying to keep make sure that someone who already has a Lexus yeah. keeps buying Lexus. Pretty and much. keeps running stop signs because I feel like that's what you do in a luxury car. You run stop signs, <laughs> you speed. Rick and I that's... were crossing the street in front of our house. Yeah. And this like nice car or whatever. Hmm. Okay. To preface this, every single in like every single block in Seattle yeah. is an intersection and has a de- it's like by default there's a crosswalk even if it's not painted as a crosswalk okay even if it doesn't have lights unless your block is flanked by two traffic lights like in this downtown yeah. every single intersection is a crosswalk so we're just crossing and this block is like a, this car's like pretty far away by the time we start crossing but it's going yeah. pretty fast decides it can slowing down goes so we're crossing. We're da, 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 da. Yeah. It's coming. Zip, 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 zip. It goes like that. Almost hits the curb. Oh, God. To avoid us. And Iman made eye contact with the driver. So I knew they saw us. Then honks at us after they passed us. Oh, yes. It's your fault. Of course. <laughs> I'm sorry. So- I guess I'm the <laughs> asshole for, you know, the other the car coming in the other direction. Stop uh. for us dead ass. So we were just like, we weren't going to walk in front of it. But by the time, I, but since I made eye contact with the driver, I'm like, I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, you're driving a nice we made, car. We made. I don't nice think I want to die. <laughs> no, you don't want to. You don't want. Don't, don't want to dent that. No, you yeah, look for, like you have insurance. <laughs> yeah, uh, where we are, it's not Lexus, it's BMWs. Like they are the worst. They are the problematic drivers in Miami. If and my mother least- is listening, sorry, I'm just gonna say this. If my mother is listening. That car was not close to hitting us, to be clear, <laughs> because Rick was walking in front of me. And if my husband's walking in front of me in an intersection, we're fine. <laughs> I'm the one who's like, I have the right of way. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're in Anaheim next week, I'm going to have to remember this ain't Seattle. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be definitely uh, pretty different. Well, it's differently different, as they say. But yeah, so um, Andy Mooney says, 
He, he had, from Spender. He's not saying he's never. They're never going to go back to Nam. But it sounds like some something is going to have to change, or they they are going to have to show some significant new value before he mm. goes. That being said, it may still be. It, I, it's one of those things where I wonder if it's mm. going to even the playing fields for smaller brands. Because when Gibson wasn't there last year and Fender wasn't there, people were talking about like cream guitars and smaller builders. Yeah, when I was talking with some people about it. Uh, I think of them in this last week, they were like, well, the big ones aren't going to be there, but that means you're going to be seeing some smaller brands that otherwise you wouldn't have some technology and things that might've been overshadowed by bigger brands being there. Um, so it gives them a chance to shine and obviously uh, make connections. Whereas otherwise they might've been pushed out by, you know, the bigger fish. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's very true. So, but the, 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 the question mm. is, is it going to be worth it from the actual association that is NAM to do it? Like, are they going to be able to fill those holes? Because E3, they couldn't fill those holes without Nintendo and Microsoft. They just, they couldn't make it worth it. Maybe they come back next year, scale down. And hmm. that's, or, that's, yeah, go ahead. Or I'm wondering if they obviously make it, smaller not as large like going to a big convention but you make it more of something that is smaller and i don't even know if it's possible or maybe it's cost effective but if you have these kind of things like around the country is like things that kind of go from city to city and it becomes a celebration i guess of brands or connections and things like that in areas that people regional can kind of regional to try to at least connect people there and also more people to know about you know, certain brands. I mean, I'm taking this from like when I used to go to, you know, do things like uh, car shows and stuff like that. There used to be these shows that would go around the country and eventually they would come, you know, down South Florida and go to, you know, different places. And yeah, it was pretty much a way for all of us to connect and be in a certain location and different brands, different everything. So, I mean, I think something smaller that maybe moves around might be really helpful and good. Yeah, an not, and not anticipating that the same brands are going to go yeah, to it'll always be different, the same event. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I like that idea. And, you know, I think that that's kind of different from what I was thinking is that, mm. like, Sweetwater Gear Fest has been a thing for a long time. Um, there might be more things like that where perhaps maybe other merchants look to Sweetwater's leadership and, like, see what Sweetwater's done as obviously been successful and do more stuff like that like like hey here are the brands that we carry let's invite them and like what you're talking about the regional stuff like i know there have been things in minnesota that have like chase bliss uh kind of leading the way or oklahoma there's great brands there so or even in portland i'm I'm pretty sure like yeah there's different Mm -hmm. yeah portland pretty recently had an event that had like Old Blood Noise Endeavors in Portland, as far as brands go, has like Catalan Bread, Greer is there, um, lots of other smaller builders. It makes a lot of sense to have to like foster these smaller ecosystems. And frankly, I love that. I don't like the homogenization. No, I don't like big spaces like just jam full of things. There's no way you're going to be able to obviously A, see everything and B, 
you know, if there's a lot of people there, it's no way that you can really like have an engagement because there's going to be people standing around you to also engage with them. Like it's too much. Everyone's just giving their spiel, their same yeah. sales pitch. But like, if you do smaller events, you are breaking up the homogenization, homogenization, that sameness, and making it again where people are like, "Yes, this is my local brand. This is a local builder," and that mm -hmm. means that's meaningful yeah. to somebody. Like Seattle, we have recovery effects. We have Orion Tone Hunt. We have like actual like luthiers and stuff. And I think that's a beautiful thing. The Pacific Northwest, and that's just speaking yeah. for me, has a shit ton of awesome, awesome brands, especially if you can go all the way down to Portland. You've got, um, I mean, even in like Redmond, Richland, Richland, Washington, Matthews Effects, Portland, you got Benson, you got Catalan Bread again, Greer again, just a lot, Spaceman Effects, yeah, tons so of great stuff. Like, I would love to prioritize those brands that are actually making jobs in my community or even an extended community yeah. because that's important to me i don't i don't want to live in a world where everything is the same i know yeah. i know in america we're like fender gibson all that stuff yeah but... if you go to other countries you see different guitars yeah. And Fender, obviously, it's everywhere. And a lot of people, even if you're in Australia, you want a Fender. But the truth is, if you're in Australia, a Fender is prohibitively expensive. It just costs yeah. so much to ship stuff there. So there are other brands there that are more attainable for musicians who are coming up. Those musicians want to keep playing the brands that they like. And mm, yeah. I, lo I love that. I love seeing different stuff. No, me too. I love seeing different uh, ways of approaching an instrument. And yeah, it's going to be harder in Europe, obviously, with things that are from the U.S. and the cost differences and everything. And I think Fender they also... Have their, like, there are lots of great Italian guitar oh, builders. They're great. Tommen. Harley Benton is German. Essentially, Tommen. Hmm. Yeah. Great. Great stuff. They're built like Marshall Amp. Well, we talked about Marshall last week. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Marshall and like Orange over there. There's yeah. there's lots of great stuff that's ex like not exclusive, but more prevalent over there. Hmm. It's a beautiful thing. I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> I apologize if I was interrupting you. Do you have more too? expand on <laughs> well the only thing i was pretty much saying was one of the other things that i read uh, about fender was expanding to japan um and having a actual um i guess uh what do you call it headquarters i guess there their way of having a place in japan that means i think is one of the reasons why we've been seeing more models i guess recently and i guess their spin um on you know, guitars of Fender coming out. Um, so I've been interested to see how that kind of plays out in the long run. But um, I always think that the guitars that come out of Japan are really interesting. And yeah, they're, they're hot. So, they're so yeah, they're hot. so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing more of them makes me excited. But, you know, um, yeah, time will and tell. And that's just, that's mm -hmm. a great time to remind people that I think there's, especially in America, this idea that if it's made in Asia, it's cheap. It's a friendly reminder. There are extremely skilled and, like, 
just stunning builders, especially in Japan and Korea, South Korea. Yes, Korea. That you, anyone should be happy to own. Like no, they are very high quality instruments. Just because it's made in Asia doesn't mean anything about its quality by default. And I think that's just something that uh, needs to be reiterated a little bit because it's e- like, <sighs> was that, was remember the TV show Fresh Off the Boat? Did you ever watch that? No, I didn't. Well, I, it's this, this Asian family and mm-hmm. this, the, the, I one episode I remember the boys getting peased about his family being Chinese. He's like, all the best stuff is from China. And then just like rattles off a bunch of stuff that all these kids have that's made in China. Like, yeah, maybe not all the best stuff, but like, a lot I, of stuff is made. Yeah, a lot of really great stuff that we like, and I, it's not right to assume no. that it's sweatshop labor either. I think that's kind of a rude and unfair and untrue assumption <laughs> about it. as plenty of stuff is. Let's be honest. Like, but you know, it, yeah. just don't make that assumption. Don't make the no. assumption. No, I, again, I had a uh, conversation recently with Meredith and we were talking about where, like Korean guitars and where they came from and, you know, the guitars that she told me about that I actually are manufactured in Korea. I was like, wow, they, they were pretty big, big brands. And I was surprised. I didn't know that, that they were made in Korea and they are, they are definitely pretty. So I was just like, okay, mental note. (laughs) Prince's Honer Mad Cat was made in Korea. Uh, lots of very fantastic, like obviously Fender Japan mm. is the shining, shining example of that. Yeah. Um, but Eastwood, Eastwood guitars is known for their budget stuff. They're Korea, they, yeah. they, so right. their nicer guitars are made in Korea. Yeah. Like it's it's quality and it's PRS quality too. quality yeah. that's competitive with made in America. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the big difference is you gotta put it on a barge. <laughs> and sit it over and hope that it gets and just there. hope it makes yeah, it exactly I remember my brother got his wife a cookbook for either christmas or her birthday and it was in yeah. it was on that what it was it was like several months ago if not a mm. year ago a barge like sank oh, god in the ocean and her her birthday or christmas present was on that oh book. no it was just a book it was just a book under the sea. but like <laughs> under the sea Sorry. I I don't know. I mean, you're in Miami. Is that a big port city or is that on the other side? I think we are. Yeah, yeah. Seattle. I mean, a we huge get a lot port of city. Yeah, we get well, we get a lot of cruise lines and shit like that. So I mean, yeah, we're also so a we. port. Yeah. Our cruise ships come, they start like in Anchorage generally, mm-hmm. and they make their way down to Seattle. So we get like the the end of the cruise ships. But we get, I used to work downtown and from my office window, we could see all of the ship, shipping containers. Oh, cool. And just like watch them pile up. <laughs> they <laughs> like go up, goes, they go down, yeah, they Tetris, go up, yeah. they go down, they go up, 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 up. Oh my God, who is unloading these? <laughs> yeah, we had the ones that we have in, I guess we're around, is it South? Close by South Beach, maybe. But we have all like those. Uh, on our kind of uh, coast and they're kind of designed after star wars so they all look like atat wonkers in a sense so yeah we have those yes (laughs) awesome well um i think that's kind of a good stopping spot yeah yeah so uh do you have anything else you want to leave with the audience before we depart 
Um, I appreciate everybody that listened. I appreciate anybody thus far that has watched the marshmallow demo that I made recently. So thank you so much. I appreciate you all and the lovely comments that people have left. Um, Also, um, I want to definitely say uh, that it obviously has been a pleasure, you know, being a part of Get Offset. And uh, I actually do appreciate everyone that I've connected since, you know, being on this. And I hope your following week is lovely. And uh, we're looking forward to obviously talking about Nam when we get back. Yes. Hopefully we will be recording an episode Yes, there. fingers crossed. We do have time booked at the Media Center. Uh, so that's good. Um, for everybody, if you are going to Nam, you're watching this before Thursday, <laughs> the uh, 13th, let us know in the comments. Yes. Um, we are, I, I, my schedule is pretty full, but we can try to figure some stuff out. Um, but just generally to everybody out there, thanks so much for watching and or listening. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, my name is Emily. I'm Joan of Hart. Goodbye. Be seeing you.